Did you know that over 60,000 new tracks are uploaded to Spotify every single day? That's a new track every 1.4 seconds, and that's just on one platform. With so much music now available, it's more important than ever to stand out from the crowd. So it's not surprising that more artists are starting to use less conventional sonic textures in their music, like field recordings. Perhaps you've always wanted to infuse the sounds of nature or your favourite city into your own tracks, but not having the right gear or knowledge might have held you back. Well, if that's the case, you're going to love the brand new guide I just created, teaching you how to start field recording with just a smartphone. And it's all yours for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel. Yep, you really do just need a humble smartphone and some minimal extra gear that doesn't have to break the bank to get started with field recording. And I've laid it all out in this handy five-point checklist. So download it for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel and elevate your music to the next level. Hello, dear listener. As we've come to the end of season five, I wanted to take a little bit of time to just look back over the last few episodes and reflect on the road we've travelled. We've talked to some incredible women in music, tech and beyond. We've covered some really important topics on that theme. Um, And we've gone to some really exciting experimental places in terms of not just the content, but how this podcast has been created for you and how you've experienced it. Um, It's been one of my favourite seasons yet and I therefore just wanted to take this time to mark the end of it, to wrap up those this season and also as we're coming to the end of 2023, look ahead to next year. So just thinking about where we've been during the season, we started with the amazing DJ Paulette um, who shared so much about her life as a black woman DJ and starting DJing in Manchester in the 80s, what that was like, especially in terms of race relations and the police, in terms of being a woman in nightclub settings, in terms of forging forging her own career and moving outside of Manchester to London and then to Paris and Europe. And we've got into some really important conversations about how you navigate changes in your relationship to your creative practice and your relationship to yourself. And so if you haven't listened to that one and any of this is kind of making you feel, oh yeah, actually I I really resonate with that. Definitely go and check that out because I really appreciated just how personal and open and vulnerable Paulette was, but also just how incredibly strong and resilient she clearly is and what an inspiration she is for anyone including you know people women who are wanting to get into DJing so I I just wanted to kind of um you know say that I'm so grateful to Paulette for coming and opening the season for us I feel so honored to have someone that's been in this game for so long and has made such an impact and definitely go and check out Paulette's book um which I link to I'm going to link to in these show notes as well um it's coming out very very soon and it's all about her life as a black woman DJ. The next episode, which is episode 83, we looked at something far more practical, but I hope really useful, which was how I use assignments to um, make imperfect or take imperfect action and make music. So I was very much sharing 
a technique that I'd been kind of playing with and it's really simple and it's just basically breaking down the process of making music into really small manageable chunks and then giving yourself an assignment to just do that thing right now that day and not think about it too much and just get it done and then you can you know start polishing it up later um it's something that I've used to make music the last year even though I've been really busy and to make music in really small snatches of time but I think it's really helpful even if you have like a day and you're trying to make the most of that day and it, you could definitely use this if you have a booking in a recording studio for example um so that was a really practical one um that was followed in episode 86 by um maximizing your recording studio time with Phoebe Bentham um who is an amazing engineer and producer working out of Brighton and I loved this one because it was kind of leading on from that last episode on assignments. It was like, how are you going to make the best use of your studio time? And that was very, very practical ways, like um, how are you going to block your time out? How are you going to prep for those sessions? But also, how are you going to show up and enjoy it and make the very best out of that experience so it can be fun and enjoyable and empowering? So we really came at it from a couple of different angles and Phoebe just had so much great experience to share, like great stories, great examples. Um, I think you're going to really find that helpful if this is something you've struggled with or even something that's maybe put you off going into studios. I think you'll really enjoy that. And if you're someone that works in studios, I'm sure you'll find some really great techniques to use with artists as well. So I loved that episode with Phoebe. Um, the next episode after that was episode 87 and that was with Kathy Lane and it was all about Kathy Lane's practice in sound, voice and field recording, um, not to mention electroacoustic composition, soundscape composition, multi-channel composition. Um, Kathy Lane has had an incredible career and I felt really honoured again to be able to sit down and chat with her about her practice, about her journey into this field all these multiple fields, about her experience in academia. Um, it's it's a really important episode for anyone who is wanting to get into these different disciplines, but also who might want to, you know, have a career in academia too. Um, I love talking to Kathy about her, what she's working on now, how she's approaching that, but also going back into some of her um, and hearing some of her work from lockdown and even before. Um, and just really thinking about listening and how you kind of embed that act of listening into your your work, into your your recording output, your audio output. I think that's really interesting. It's something that Kathy does really well. Um, we then went into episode 88, which was a solo one with me. And it was me making the case for community rather than confidence when it comes to women in music tech. And it was really breaking down this emphasis that's often put on making sure that women feel more confident in music tech settings. And while on the face of it, there's nothing wrong with that. On the face of it, that's like, yeah, great. Who wouldn't want that? Of course I want that. <laughs> but I think that emphasising that can often put shift the responsibility of change onto the individual and can often mean that where there's the real sort of systemic issues, they're not really being addressed, which is generally a lot of the time the culture and that isn't necessarily to then put all the responsibility on individual spaces either you know if you've got a recording studio it's really hard for you to just take all of that work on your shoulders too because none of us are operating as islands you know we're, we're swimming in quite a traditional culture still in music tech of 
you know, people being white, able-bodied, male, cis, Western, all of those things. But it is to say that if you do have a space that you run or maybe you teach a programme or maybe you are just an individual entering these spaces, to be more mindful of the changes and the shifts and the the attention we can put on um, cultivating a supportive and nurturing and um, constructive community. Because in my experience and in the experience of other people who I reference in this episode, that's what makes such a big difference. And that's what means people naturally feel more confident. Um, of course, there's work we can do internally. Of course, there's work we need to do on ourselves. But I think it's really important that as a wider discourse, we don't put all that emphasis on the individual anymore. And we start looking at the, the community and the culture that we cultivate around music technology. So that's a episode that if, if any of this has made you think, oh, I, I think that's interesting. Um, do go and check that out. That's episode 88. Episode 89, we talked with Katie Tavini and Izzy McPhee all about mastering. And I love this episode because I think mastering is one of those topics that can feel really complex and confusing. And I think it's because in reality, it's kind of quite simple. It's just what you're doing. You're, you're using quite kind of... Um, almost like uh, familiar tools. You're using things like EQ, compression, things that you'd usually use in mixing and production anyway, but you're using them so subtly that I think that's where people get stumped and it can feel overwhelming and complex and and really mystical, almost like what is this magical thing of mastering where people do these tiny tweaks and they all add up together to make the track sound so good, hopefully. Um, I don't know how to do it. And when I try and do it, I don't get that result. And so I think that Katie and Izzy did a really good job of, on the one hand, explaining what mastering is, but also kind of getting into some of the subtleties there of why it can feel so mysterious. And they gave some great advice for people who wanted to get started with the mastering too. So I would definitely check that episode out if you want to learn more about mastering. Episode 90 was Navigating a Freelance Creative Career. Um, and that was with Meg Fozard. And Meg was wonderful at kind of communicating the challenges that creative freelancers can face when it comes to their career and finding opportunities and retaining opportunities. Um, and also talking about um, really practical things like access riders and how to draw better boundaries and, and what to look out for in projects, like how important the right collaborators are and all those things. And I really wanted to do this episode because it's something that's really affected me um, over my last few years. It's really impacted me and it's been really difficult living with chronic pain, doing all the things, you know, doing all the things that I can do to kind of help heal that and help integrate that and help me accept that. Um, but it's still really impacted how I've been able to make music, whether I've been able to make music, whether I've, regardless of music, whether I've been able to even take part in really quite normal life, like putting my own washing away, washing my own hair. And I I think that it's really easy for those experiences to kind of not be discussed because when you're going through them, it's so hard. You're just trying to get through each day. When you, if you're lucky enough to kind of get to a point where you're not as, as affected anymore by whatever it might be you've, you know, that you're a disability, a chronic health problem, 
the last thing you want to do, most of us want to do, is ruminate on how hard that's been. Um, and it takes people like Meg who are willing to talk about it, campaign for it, campaign for better awareness. It takes people like Meg to um, help other people understand what it's like to live with a disability or chronic health problem and for people living with those things to access support and get help and find ways to have a creative career nonetheless. So if that's something you've been impacted by too, I really recommend listening to episode 90 with Meg. Episode 91 was <laughs> coming back to something so practical after that, which is how to choose the right DAW for you. DAW being digital audio workstation or your recording software. Um, and in this episode, I go into why I didn't want to record the episode because it's one of the questions that um, I wouldn't say frustrates me the most, but that I least enjoy answering the most because people always want me to give them a really clear definitive answer and there just isn't one because as I explained in this episode most DAWs in their core essence all do the same thing they record audio which you can then edit and cut and process and effect and layer up and apply different plugins and things to and then you can bounce that out export that as a file, an audio file that you can then use wherever you want. Most DAWs, that's the basic of what they do. So therefore, whatever DAW you get, you'll be able to do that. And what I find is that this question of which DAW should I get can often be a convenient way, even if it's a subconscious, this process is often entirely subconscious, by the way. So I'm not saying this is any kind of blame or shame here, but a convenient way of not getting started with the thing you really don't want to do because it feels scary and a bit boring, which is just sitting your ass down and learning to record and produce and edit and mix audio. So what I often find is even if I give someone, people want me to give them the answer and then they'll go off and just use the thing. But then I know what will inevitably come is that disappointment that it wasn't just as straightforward as you download the right piece of software and then everything's plain sailing or everything's 50% easier. Whatever software you get, there will always be a learning curve. But in this episode, I do go through different options that could be good for you depending on what you want to do. So I kind of break down how something like Logic or Pro Tools might be better if you want to do scoring for film. Whereas if you want to do live electronics, something like Ableton might be better. And if you want to work really quickly and intuitively, GarageBand could be really good. So I kind of, I, I do go through what might be a good choice depending on what you want to do. But I also make the point, this should not stop you. Making this decision shouldn't stop you. It doesn't matter what you start with. You've just got to get started because whatever you move on to, you'll basically be doing pretty much the same thing anyway. And I, and I really go into in quite a lot of detail around that mindset stuff of why would you wait if you could start learning now and you're not going to lose anything by getting started on a free piece of software. And I do make the point as well that it's much better if you've got money to invest, invest it in learning how to use some free software rather than buying some expensive software because someone's told you it's the best option. It's the best option if you know how to use it, but you may as well actually invest in learning how to record and produce music. You'll get way more out of that investment. 
So I won't go any, on any further. You can listen to the episode. That's episode 91. Then episode 92, we had um, a really interesting conversation with um, Josephine Svan, which was all about decolonizing the loop and reimagining the DAW. So it kind of led on from the week before about what DAW should you get. And this was much more about, well, where are DAWs, you know, maybe lacking? Where have they been rigid and restricted? How has the the identity of the people who developed these machines, these uh, pieces of soft- software, how has that impacted their usability and the possibilities within them? And so Josephine has been drawing from African time philosophy and thinking about if we came at the DAW from less of a Western perspective, what might a DAW look like, feel like, behave like? And so she goes into this inside this conversation. That was her, the topic of her master's thesis. It's really interesting. And we also hear about Josephine's um, own music, her kind of alter ego, Suzuki Swift, and also the fabulous project that she has co-founded called Rosetta, which is um, giving women opportunities to learn music technology um, in Holland. So that's definitely one to check out if you love beats, if you love loops, if you're curious about the cultural um, kind of biases of music technology, um, definitely check out episode 92. And then our final episode was the binaural sound adventure exploring the ecosystem of Nix. And I loved making this episode. So this is the most kind of designed and composed episode that we've ever done on Girls Twiddling Knobs. And it was a joy to be able to bring that part of me to the podcast. Um, It's very immersive and very experimental. And it was such a joy to be able to work with recordings of Nix in that way. So if you haven't listened to it yet, the episode takes you through a two-day excursion with Nix to Hidden Notes Festival. And the whole of that time, I was allowed to record their process, including their workshop that they did the day before their gig, um, their their warm-ups, their very intimate kind of warm-up setting, their sound check, and then their live performance. And um, we also get to hear the different members of Nix talking about how the group functions, how they hold that space, how they are able to maintain the, the method and the ethos that they bring, which is very much about creating a sense of connection and being grounded in their bodies. And I found it really, um, I have to say, in a way, like healing, um, because it was so refreshing to see a group of people in the music industry take care of themselves in that way. Now, I'm not saying that it's perfect. I'm sure that Nick's have many moments where they feel overwhelmed, just like all of us, where they feel stressed, where they feel tired, where they realise that they've pushed it too hard. I'm sure that they have times when they all get pissed off with each other. <laughs> but what I saw over those two days was a lot of consideration of just being in their bodies and tuning out of the usual kind of chatter and pressure to be on and, you know, kind of um, pushing through and hustling through and instead giving themselves time and space to just be there together, warming up, workshopping, chilling, laughing. And 
it was intense as well. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I found it intense um, being around people and being on for that two day period and then surrounded by the festival. So I'm sure they did as well. But I, I, it did sort of feel markedly different from turning up on the day, getting out of the bus or the van, loading everything in, doing a sound check, having maybe an hour to catch your breath, um, going on stage, performing, um, then, you know, packing everything back down, maybe staying the night, getting up the morning, leaving again. It wasn't that kind of model. Um, so I did find that quite inspiring and quite healing. And so if that's something you've been thinking about, like how can I tour differently? How can I perform differently? That would be a good episode to listen to. But it's a great episode to listen to if you're interested in um, how they work as a group, how they use music technology and how they use their, their body-centred approach first to get to music technology. Um, and also if you're just interested in listening to soundscape composition, sound design, processed voice because I've done all of that as part of the episode to try and evoke the the feeling of the weekend for you um, and like I said it's binaural so it's worth listening to that episode um, episode 93 in headphones because in case anyone's geeky enough to care um, the way that binaural uh, audio works is through head related transfer functions which is how audio passes over your head and your torso um, these are all kind of minute measurements that your brain naturally makes in milliseconds. Just things like how long it's taking for something to pass over your head to your ear, things like that. So head related transfer functions are how your ear is picking up sound passing over your head and your torso. So when you record binaural audio, you record it with two microphones you can have microphones in your ear as you're recording, which is how I did this episode. You can also use a dummy head, which was the original way. Um, and then you you just stick that in the middle of a room. But if you're out on location like I was, you can use binaural mics in your ears. And then that means that when someone uses their headphones to listen, it replicates the sound passing over your head and your torso, those head-related transfer functions. So it won't work if you've got a surround sound system at home. You have to listen on headphones. So I really recommend giving that a go if you're interested. And then that takes us to the end of season five. And I wanted to just firstly say thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you listening I know that there's so many different podcasts and TV shows and now, thankfully, again, gigs and live events. And you probably have lots of different things that you could give your attention to. So the fact that you give your attention to Girls Twiddling Knobs means a great deal to me and also to my assistant producer, Jade Bailey. And I also want to say a big thank you to Jade, who has worked on the whole season with me. Um, has been an incredible support and so, just always brings such great energy to the podcast. So thank you, Jade. I really appreciate your contribution as well. And if you want to support us to keep making these episodes, because we are going to keep making Girls Twiddling Knobs, if you want to support that, then there's three things you can do that will greatly help support the podcast continue. So the first one is to subscribe to the podcast and to make sure that you are, you know, getting those episodes as they come up on your listening. That is really helpful. 
And the second thing is to share the podcast and also to rate and review the podcast. So beyond just subscribing and listening, taking some kind of action that helps spread the word. So that could be sharing the podcast with a friend. It could be also leaving a review so that when other people come across the podcast, they realise this podcast is effing brilliant and they should listen too. Um, so that's the second thing. And the third thing you can do is buy some Girls Twiddling Knobs merch, which is a win-win really, because the merch is absolutely bloody brilliant and you'll look fab in it. So you get some merch and it just puts a little bit of money in the piggy bank for us to keep working on episodes and booking guests and making these incredible sound adventures for you. So um, you could buy one of our sweatshirts, you could buy one of our Knob Twiddler t-shirts, you could buy one of the tote bags, whatever it is, um, just go to femaledoimusician.com forward slash merch and you'll be able to support the podcast that way too. So that's three things you can do. Subscribe to the podcast. Second thing is beyond that is share the podcast or leave a review so that you get to spread the word about the podcast. And the third thing is um, buy some merch from our shop because that's a win-win. You will get some beautiful merch that you can proudly sport in the studio, at a gig, um, just around your mate's house, whatever. And you also get to put a little few pennies in our piggy bank to help us keep making the episodes too. Hopefully I don't have to tell you how hard it is being an independent podcast. Um, and it's just getting harder. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we always have made the podcast from a point of it's a labour of love. Like we do it because we know how important it is. Um, it's not a moneymaker. So any support that you can give really does go straight back into us making these episodes. Um, the last thing I want to say is just about what's coming up next. So we will have a season six. I can't tell you exactly when that's going to drop, but I can tell you that we already have some really cool episodes on the horizon. We are in the really fortunate position now with Girls Twiddling Knobs where people know who we are. They respect what we do. And we now get people contact us with some really exciting collaborations and opportunities. So I'm not going to share any more because none of it's, until an episode's recorded, I don't want to say anything in case it falls through. But we have some really lovely um, projects on the horizon. And if anyone's listening who has an idea or they want to be on the podcast or they have a connection with an interesting organisation or whatever it might be, do let us know because we are so open to discussing possible projects and collaborations and things like that. But that brings us to the end of season five and the end of 2023, nearly. And so all I have to say is that I really hope that you've enjoyed this season. I hope these episodes have been interesting, insightful, inspiring, maybe even, you know, useful in some practical way. And I hope that you bring forward whatever you've taken from this season into the new year. And I really hope that you stick around. Um, I wish you a wonderful end of the year, a wonderful transition into 2024, whatever you have planned. And just remember that here at Girls Twiddling Knobs HQ, we are cheering you on. We are right behind you. And, you know, whenever you are in those situations where Maybe you you need to learn something new. Maybe you need to believe in yourself. Maybe some self-doubt's creeping in. We're right there on your shoulder, just whispering those little words of encouragement that you can do it. 
You are worth investing in your skills. You don't have to apologise for what you don't already know. And you already have everything you need inside of you to grow and develop into the artist that you truly want to be and the practitioner and the human that you are inside. So I hope that that helps bring you into 2024. Um, Thank you so much for listening and take care. And I will see you very soon for another season of Girls Twiddling Knobs in the New Year. So, how do you like that episode, dear listener? If you loved it, and you know someone else who would love it too, be a good friend and share it with them. Go on, spread the girls' twiddling knobs love.